welcome back beautiful people man phenomenal fan episode 49 we got a great episode for you guys today we went ballistic on the dallas cowboys last week and guess what we were right the nfl had a bananas bananas weekend crazy games lots to talk about bowl season is underway so we will potentially make some picks otherwise just talk about the big go-to focus on bowl games and uh there's been some baseball signings there's been some basketball news nba college hoops lots to talk about man but mostly football mostly the nfl because that's what we love so let's get into episode 49 of the phenomenal fan podcast The Phenomenal Fan Podcast, a podcast by the fan, for the fan. weekend of nfl football what a weekend it's the first weekend of the season where they start flashing in some saturday games absolutely love to see it and by the way that's the first ones we're going to touch on because those games on saturday besides the middle of the three between the browns and the ravens i'll just tell you right now the browns beat the ravens 13 to 3 so not much to talk about there uh but the other two games that sandwiched that middle game the thursday night game uh and a bunch of other ones that followed on Sunday. Crazy. Just plain crazy. Just nuts. Okay? NFL. Thursday night football. 49ers take down the Seahawks 21-13. to 49ers. It's, uh, it's tough to see for the rest of the league because the 49ers are just so good they're so good and their quarterback is brock purdy i thought they should have signed baker mayfield and i still think that's true i think that's a better option than brock purdy but as it turns out and as we've talked about and as i've mentioned the 49ers don't need a good quarterback they need a guy who can take a snap drop back and execute a accurate screen slant or fade down the sideline to a wide open receiver i mean the first touchdown that the 49ers scored in that game they run a double fake screen pass over the middle to george kittle for a touchdown purdy takes the snap fakes a screen left to iuke or one of their weapons Takes uh turns 180 degrees, fakes the screen to Christian McCaffrey. The defense bites on the left side, they bite on the right side, and streaking down the middle of the field, wide open, uncovered, George Kittle. Touchdown 49ers. 
The one thing I will say about this 49ers team that separates them from what I think is potentially the rest of the league. When the play calling is as creative and good as it is with the 49ers, you just don't need a quarterback. You don't. I I think that the 49ers, as good as their defense is and the weapons that they have, I honestly think, I think the 49ers could win maybe the Super Bowl without an actual quarterback under center. That's how good these guys are. McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, just put a guy in motion if somebody needs to execute a, a quick pass, a touch pass, a screen, a slant, any of those guys can make those throws on the roster. McCaffrey can make those throws. We've seen him throw the ball. They're just so weaponized on offense. I guarantee you they could score three or four touchdowns a game without a quarterback. And then their defense wouldn't give up anything and they would win games. That's how good the 49ers are to me. Throw in a guy like Brock Purdy or Jimmy G. Unstoppable. Unstoppable, the 49ers are. I really hope they're able to make a deep run in the postseason because this is a team that's built. They are built to win high leverage, cold weather football games. They're built for it. They just won't give up points and they will score enough to win. Brock Purdy or not, they will win, okay? Good for the fucking 49ers, man. They are so deep. They're so deep. George Kittle, like I said, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Debo when he's healthy. Who else do they? I mean, uh, let's see. Ayuk had two catches for 19 yards. Kittle. Jawan Jennings, McCaffrey, Tyler Croft, Brandon Ayuk, Ray Ray McLeod. Like, dude, come on. They're just so loaded, man. So loaded. Moving on to Saturday. Three games on the slate. Vikings, Colts, Browns, Ravens, like we talked about, Bills, and Dolphins, the nightcap on Saturday. The Vikings were down 33 to nothing. 33 to nothing. I think it was at the end of the first, yeah. The end of the first half, they're down 33 to nothing. And they won the football game. They scored 14 points in the third quarter. They scored 22 in the fourth quarter. Come back and score 36 unanswered points. Actually, it looks like it was answered potentially by Indianapolis field goal in the third quarter. Nevertheless, they tied the game at 36. They go to overtime and kick a game-winning field goal. To complete the largest comeback in the history of the National Football League. 
Lots to talk about. Number one. Okay. Good on the Vikings for not giving up, you know, in the game. I think everybody thought this game was obviously way over, down 33. Uh, the Colts are just weird like that. They have been weird this year. Like, they beat Kansas City. Um, they beat a lot of teams that they probably shouldn't have, which is, I guess, good or bad. I don't know. Uh, Kirk Cousins with 460 passing yards. Um, you know, nobody's going to doubt that Minnesota's got the weapons. K.J. Osborne, obviously Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson. The list goes on, okay? Uh, here's the thing with Minnesota, okay? They, remind, they are so much like the Cowboys. Where the Vikings are going to win a division, in the NFC North that features three of maybe the most historic NFL franchises of all time. They're going to win the NFC North in a division with the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. Nobody picked the Vikings to win it all this year. Nobody. To win that division even. Maybe a handful of people. Maybe. The Vikings are going to finish the year with 12, maybe 13 wins. And they stink. They are horrible. They're not as bad as the Cowboys as far as fraudulency goes. But they stink. You want to look at defensive rankings? And you want to know who's going to have the sustained success? You look at a team like Minnesota, absolutely loaded on offense. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson. Weapons, 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 weapons. Just loaded. Just loaded offensively. They're going to score so many points. They're so good. Oh, wait. They give up on defense the most. On defense, the Minnesota Vikings give up the most yards per game of anybody in the NFL. They give up 33 to Matt Ryan and a Colts team without Jonathan Taylor. They give up more yards per game than the Lions, the Texans, the Falcons. Yikes. Oh, but they're 11 and 3. You know what that smells like to me? You know what it smells like? It smells like a first round exit, whoever they play against. Because they'll get a home game. They won the division. They're going to get a home game. And it smells like a first-round exit. Unless they play the Cowboys, then it'll be a mid-off, a battle of two teams that are so overrated and so mid.
the Vikings are nowhere near a Super Bowl contender. They're nowhere near it. And you look at right a team like uh, San Francisco or Philadelphia. Those are teams that are set up for long-term success. The Vikings stink. But they come back and win, okay? The other part of this game is Matt Ryan. What is he doing? What What the fuck is Matt Ryan doing? What is he doing? How can you be on the losing end of the largest comeback in NFL history in the regular season and the largest comeback in postseason history in the NFL? How? How can you do that? How? Oh, but he's not calling all the plays. It's not his fault. He didn't fumble. I don't care. Matt Ryan, when he gets into these situations where he's winning by, oh, I don't know, over four touchdowns, pull the running backs together in a group on the sideline. Pull the offensive line together. Hey, guys, here's what we're going to do the rest of the fucking game. Pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Offensive line, block your ass off. Running backs, get the yards you need, hold on to the football, and we will win. When you're up 33 to nothing, you need like five first downs per quarter. And the way that the clock works in the NFL, you will win just based on time. There's no way a team can score 33 or 36 points with a certain amount of time left on the, on the clock. And on the flip side, too, if Matt Ryan wants to pull the defense together as a group, as the leader of the team and the quarterback, and go, hey, defense, here's an idea. If we can't get the yards we need and we just keep punting and punting and punting or fumbling or throwing picks, can you guys just step up and not give up? I don't know, 33 points? Or if you're the quarterback of the Falcons in the Super Bowl and you're up 28 to three, get the whole group together. Hey guys, here's what we gotta do. Run the rock, get like four first downs in the next 20 minutes of game time. And I don't know, don't give up five touchdowns. Matt Ryan, hang it up, call it quits, retire. The guy does not deserve to play another snap in the NFL. Doesn't deserve it. How can you let that happen as a quarterback? How? Unreal. Unreal, dude.
Middle game on Saturday, Browns and Ravens. Browns and Ravens. Browns beat them 13-3. Boring snooze fest of a game. My only thing there is the Browns taking down the Ravens. The Browns aren't a bad football team, uh, but they're not great. Uh, but Baltimore like wants to be this like serious contender, and I know Lamar Jackson's hurt, but you can't just score three points in a football game. You just, I know it's Tyler Huntley and I, like, I, 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 whatever. I don't, it's, that's bad. Saturday night, another excellent football game. Dolphins and Bills in Buffalo, cold, snowing, great football game. Uh, takeaways from this one. Okay, the Bills take down the Dolphins at the end of regulation, a walk-off field goal. They beat them 32-29. to 29. Uh, Josh Allen, four passing touchdowns. I know that quarterback is king. I know that passing is king. And quickly here, before we touch on the, on the Buffalo Bills, Okay, I want to give a shout out if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you're watching back on Twitch or um, any other outlet or whatever, be sure to check us out while we stream it live on Twitch. Wanted to shout out a couple of the guys in the chat on Twitch right now, uh, Talon and Ryan62104. They've been around for a while. They've been... Uh, Huge contributors of, you know, my content. Um, Ryan was asking about my take on the Vikings. I just touched on it, Ryan. So if you want to go back and watch, uh, I gave my take on the Vikings. He's a Vikings guy. Appreciate his commentary. Back to Buffalo and Miami. Okay. Nobody, nobody is disputing that Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in the league. Nobody. But first of all, Josh Allen has three, two or three more years of peak production before his body is going to start falling apart. And by the way, he already is battling some serious injuries. And the Bills are a great team. The Bills are a very, very good NFL team. 11-3, and three, really good record. But again, when you look at the teams that are set up for the longest terms of success, they have a sustainable and uh, consistent running back production area they, they, they have consistent and sustainable production from the running backs until the bills can get that and josh allen doesn't run as many times as their running backs do in a game the bills are always going to run into or have trouble beating teams like san francisco philadelphia How come every year, 
every year the Tennessee Titans are just like this mid team, right? Couple games over 500, not very flashy, don't do anything uh, during the regular season that blows you away. And then they get to the playoffs and they play these teams that they absolutely should not beat, but they beat them. Why? Because Derrick Henry runs it down their throat. They play stellar defense. They play fundamental football and they just beat people. Tennessee could go into the playoffs this year, matched up against Buffalo and beat them. And everyone's just shocked by that. Whoa, what's going on? Well, I don't know. That's because the Bills' entire offense is Josh Allen. And if you put some pressure on him, if you contain him, QB spy, double team a guy like Diggs, his primary target, next thing you know, uh-oh, we can't get anything going on offense. Or here's another one. It's snowing in Buffalo in January. What do we got to do all of a sudden? Well, we got to run the rock. Who'd you rather have running the rock? 35 40 times Devin Singletary or Derrick Henry there you go Buffalo's good I'm not going to say they're fraudulent and Josh Allen by himself can win a ton of football games but when push comes to shove and playoff time comes around and it's about running the football and defense I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo doesn't even get to a conference championship game again But they beat the Dolphins, okay? Bills are 11-3, and three, good for them. Moving on to Sunday. Moving on. Let's see, Broncos beat the Cardinals 24-15, don't care. Saints beat the Falcons 21-18, don't care. Steelers beat the Panthers 24-16, don't care. Uh, Commanders beat the Giants 20-12. to 12. I'm not going to say I don't care, uh, but that game's between two teams that I don't feel like have a ton of potential of going anywhere. But we'll see. Uh, Monday night, Packers beat the Rams 24-12. to 12. Not going to say I don't care that much, but don't, like, I'm not going to be super locked in on it. Uh... Let's see. Eagles beat the Bears 25 to 10 on Sunday. Eagles are 13 and 1. Um just look at the Eagles, man. Just Jalen Hurts. They have I, I don't know what the deal is specifically with Boston Scott. Um but they have so many weapons on offense, and then their defense is just it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, Eagles are really, really good. And most people are going to be picking them to get to the Super Bowl. I think that'd be the best possible pick. Jalen Hurts is dealing with the right shoulder sprain, but he's a tough guy. And uh, I think they'll be fine. Even if he doesn't play this week or next week or even the rest of the regular season, I don't think it'll matter because they'll even if they lose out 13 and four, probably going to be the one seed in the NFC. So uh, gives them a bye week. Even then, you know, it's they're fine. Uh, Lions beat the Jets 20 to 17. Uh, the Lions are seven and seven. And. I don't think anybody obviously had that going into the regular season, but good for the Lions. 
Good for the Lions. Chargers beat the Titans 17 to 14. Kind of a low scoring defensive battle there. But again, the Titans fall to seven and seven. And I'm still, man, I'm still looking at them as a team that could just do some damage in the postseason. The Chargers are the same way, by the way. The Chargers eight and six. They're probably going to get into the playoffs in some capacity. Uh, and Herbert's just a grinder. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with Austin Eckler. I don't know if he's completely out. I haven't seen uh, a lot of injury stuff with him. Uh, but I know he missed most of this game. So um, maybe he didn't. Let me see. No, he played. I guess it was maybe last week that he uh, he was out. Either way, Chargers are solid team, man. Solid defensively. Uh, they score points when they need to. Um, Bengals beat the Bucks thirty four twenty three. Tom Brady needs to retire as soon as possible. Rumors are he's going to already. But this is this is my this is my hot take of this is my hot take of probably the week. When push comes to shove in the NFL and you're down by a couple touchdowns and you need a quarterback, a throwing, passing quarterback and leader to take your team out of the trenches and lead them to victory. I'm not taking Josh Allen. I'm not taking Mahomes. Uh, I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers. I'm not taking Tom Brady. I'm taking Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is consistently productive. He spreads the ball around better than anybody I can see or know in the NFL. All those other quarterbacks I listed off, you can write as you hear their name, you know they're first and primary and heavily relied on target. Mahomes, Kelsey. Josh Allen, Diggs. Aaron Rodgers, it was Devontae Adams, which is why he was so good. Now he's not great. So now it's a, a mixture of a couple guys, but he's not great. Tom Brady, Mike Evans. It's the default go-to guys. And maybe I'm picking Joe Burrow because of all the choices that he has. I mean, look at these. Look at the, the box score here. He threw passes to Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Samaji Piran. Mitchell Wilcox, Joe Mixon, Trent Irwin. Who are these dudes, and why are they all super productive? Jamar Chase is his best receiver, but Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are not bad at two and three. Not bad at all. In fact, probably the best top three in the NFL as far as a full receiving core goes. I like the Bengals a lot, uh, and Joe Burrow has proved that no stage is too big for him. No moment is too big for him. That's why, like I said, that's exactly why I said push comes to shove. One quarterback to take me out of a 14-point hole and come back and win the game. Joe Burrow is my pick right now, 100%.
Joey B. What a guy. Uh, moving on, Raiders beat the Pats 30-24. to 24. The game ended on, uh, like, the most just absurd play. Uh, what always blows my mind in these types of situations, so what happened is the final play, uh, Patriots had the ball, like, on their own 30, 40-yard line, tied at 24, three seconds left on the play clock or five seconds, whatever. There was not enough time for a Hail Mary or whatever. They didn't want to take that risk. So they hand it off to Ramondre Stevenson. He makes some cuts, makes a couple guys miss. All of a sudden he gets to the other side of midfield, makes another cut, laterals it back. And then uh, who was it that, that lateral? Was it Jacoby Myers? Potentially Jacoby, I can't remember who it was, but Patriots receiver gets the lateral, throws it across the field behind him as a lateral. It's like intercepted basically by a Raiders defensive lineman who gets the ball, takes it to the end zone with zeros on the clock, and the Raiders win 30 to 24. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? It blows my mind that these players seemingly are just so like just like shocked and like unprepared when these situations present themselves like, oh, it's time to lateral. Like what happens if he gets 30 yards on this run? That's supposed to be just a draw up the middle to run out the clock. It's like everybody just panics, man. Just panic, panic, panic. I don't know. Um... Last two games we wanted to talk about here. Chiefs at Texans. Chiefs win 30 to 24. Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time when his career is over. Undoubtedly. It's already obvious and apparent that he does things at the quarterback position that all these other top quarterbacks of all time would never be able to do. And that's no disrespect to Brady or Manning or 
or Joe Montana or the rest of them. But Mahomes throwing balls across his body on the run, you know, with limited protection, losing weapons, a defense that gives up a ton of points and still just wins games. He's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. I don't think he's going to finish with the most Super Bowls, right? Nobody's probably going to top seven or eight from Tom Brady anyways. But Mahomes, Mahomes single-handedly just wills his team to victory with the completions that he pulls off, the scrambles, the throws. And it's a game where they show up against Houston. Clearly, the defense isn't ready to go. And I don't, honestly, I don't think Houston's like, honestly, not the worst team in the NFL. They're, they're, I mean, obviously, record-wise, they're really bad. But they've showed out in the last couple of weeks against some really good teams and uh, almost beat a couple of solid football teams. Mahomes is so talented. And he just single-handedly wills teams to victory. Last year, he obviously had Tyreek Hill loses that weapon completely. And what does he do? He gets better? How? And I guarantee you, if another contract situation comes up or Travis Kelsey ends up leaving Kansas City, Mahomes will still put up crazy video game numbers crazy video game numbers look what happens to every other quarterback when they lose their top primary target Rodgers loses uh, Rodgers loses Devontae Adams has a horrible time for most of the at least the first half of the next season Tom Brady last year has Gronk this year has a really hard time the rest of the uh, you know the beginning parts of the season or at least let's say this the years that tom brady has to play after grok goes away his primary target tom brady has a pretty hard time mahomes is a freak uh And it's kind of like it's kind of like the eye test, right? When you compare greatest of all times, you talk about it across generations. They're different generations and types and styles of quarterback. So I can understand you can still put a guy like Brady or Manning or whatever above Mahomes when his career is over. But I think their numbers are going to be almost the same. The only thing Mahomes is going to have is he won't be able to sustain the level of play he has till the age of 44, 45, like Brady did. But that, to me, doesn't matter. Because I think when he's finished, he's going to be the greatest of all time. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. That being said, this is what I wanted to touch on with the Kansas City, too. With Mahomes as good as he is, and the contributions that he makes on a weekly basis, okay, Mahomes will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport. And I don't think he wins more than two Super Bowls in his career. He's already got one. And I think he's got one, maybe two, but probably one more left in his career. 
He's an incredible player. He might be one of the greatest to ever play the position. He's talented. He throws across his body. He does the craziest stuff on a weekly basis. But the entire determination of Kansas City and their success as a team runs through him. And most teams are going to know that and game plan for that when it comes time for the postseason. He's had his opportunities. He's played in three AFC championship games. He's only won one. And who did he get beat by? A defensive scheming unit and an executing offense, Tom Brady and the Patriots. It gets beat by a defensive scheming uh, Cincinnati Bengals team and an executing Joe Burrow. And how do those teams beat them? Well, Joe Burrow wasn't the entire uh, determining factor of success for Cincinnati. Tom Brady wasn't the entire determining factor of success for New England. For Kansas City, it's like Mahomes needs to be the guy. Otherwise, if Mahomes is having a bad day or he throws a pick on his first drive and then they maybe fumble like on their second or third drive, it's like, look out. Chiefs might just lose this game. I mean, they beat the Houston Texans by a touchdown in OT. Mahomes is great. Andy Reid's a great coach. But I don't see him getting more than more than two Super Bowls in his career. I just don't see it. I just don't think it's possible. He will single-handedly will his way to probably two or three more Super Bowls. But he barely won the one that he played in. Barely. If they somehow end up matching up against San Francisco again in the Super Bowl, this year, maybe next year, they will get destroyed. Because San Francisco has an incredible defense, and they have a weaponized offense that's capable of scoring enough points. The last time they played, they didn't have McCaffrey. Jimmy G was newer. And Kansas City had Tyree Kill. Mahomes, you're a beast. But uh, until you guys have that defense that these other teams have, you're not going to be finding yourself anywhere near uh, another Super Bowl. Okay? Last game on the schedule to talk about. All right. The Jags and the Cowboys. The Jaguars beat the Cowboys 40-34. to 34. Let's take a look at team stats. Offensively, and defensively, the Cowboys look like they could be one of the best teams in the NFL. And they're sitting there at 10 and 4 right now. I said it last week. I'll say it again. The Cowboys 
suck. The Dallas Cowboys suck. But they're 10 and 4. What do you mean? I mean, they suck. It's so easy to watch them play football and watch that their execution is not great. When push comes to shove and they need to get a first down or they need to ne execute an offensive play, Dak isn't capable of willing his team to a victory situation like Mahomes or Allen or Burrow. He's not anywhere near the caliber of those guys. On the flip side, their defense, when they need a stop and they just need to shut down an offense, they just can't do it. They just can't do it. They have got to be the worst team in NFL history to be 10 and four through their first 14 games. They've got to be the worst team to have a record that good. Because again, Dallas is going to make the playoffs and they should with the record they have. They're going to be the fifth seed in the NFL playoffs. They're going to go play a road game in the first round and they're going to lose. And even if they manage to pull off a victory in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to have to play a better team in the next round. And it's going to be another road game. People are going to be all hyped up on the Cowboys. Let's take a look here at the NFL playoff bracket right now as it stands. As it stands, Dallas would be the number five seed in the playoffs. They would play Tampa Bay on the road in the first round. Huh. How'd they do against Tampa Bay on the road this year? Oh, that's right. They scored three points and got steamrolled. Oh, but that was all the way back in week one. Okay, you know what? You're right. Let's say they beat Tampa Bay because their offense has gotten a little bit better. They've refined some things. Great. That's fine. Next game on the road at Philadelphia. They might lose that game by 30 points. And if you look on the NFC side of the bracket, teams I would pick to have a longer playoff run than Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and the Giants, the only team I would say that the Cowboys are probably a little like better than is Washington. The rest of those teams are set up for better success and have a but much better track record of performance in the postseason. What happened last year? Dallas got a home playoff game. Wow. Who'd they play? Oh, that's right. San Francisco. And they choked on their own shit. And San Francisco had a better defense, a better run game, and uh, 
had a system set up with their team that's uh, designed for sustainable success in the postseason. Dallas had flashy quarterback, Zeke, home stadium, Jerry's world, and they choked. Dallas loses to the Jacksonville Jaguars and gives up 40 points, 40 points to Jacksonville. Let's see. Points per game. Where is Jacksonville? Jacksonville averages 23 points a game, and the Cowboys gave up 40 to that team. They gave up 400. No. Like five, let's see, let's do the math here. Team stats, actually, it's right here. Total yards, the Cowboys give up 500 total yards to the Jags. And that's no discredit to Trevor Lawrence. He's played a lot better. Jacksonville's not the worst team I've ever seen. But if you're the Cowboys and you're getting all this hype and you want to sit around and talk about your your chances at a Super Bowl and how good you guys are. I tell you one thing, you can't give up 500 yards to Jacksonville. It cannot happen. And I don't care. I'm not a Cowboys fan. It just blows my mind how delusional Cowboys fans and supporters and people think the Cowboys are good when they're just like people are so delusional. I can't believe how delusional their Cowboys fans and supporters and backers are thinking that this team has any any chance of winning a Super Bowl. They stink. It, it always comes down to situations at the end of the game with the Cowboys and clock management. Always. And they get the ball back with a minute and 28 seconds left up by three points against Jacksonville. All they have to do is just like hold on to the ball for like a second or two. Like, or, uh, you know, all they got to do is get like one first down. Obviously, sometimes that's not the case, and that's hard to do because they're selling out run. But Jacksonville has three timeouts. Dallas goes, run for nothing, timeout Jacksonville. Run for nothing, timeout Jacksonville. So far, it's what you need to do if you're the Cowboys, right? Ideally, you get first downs, but no matter what, you run the ball to make them burn timeouts. Third and 10, Dak takes a shotgun pass and just airs it out down the sideline incomplete clock stops. 
Jacksonville keeps a timeout. Then they punt it away, and all Jacksonville's got to do is go about 40 yards with a minute left, which is, like, so doable. But also, on the defensive side of the ball, Cowboys, just don't give up 40 yards. Just don't give up 40 yards. Tackle them inbounds, don't give up 40 yards, and you'll win the game. Instead, Jacksonville gets the ball, goes down the field, uh, kicks, a, uh, kicks a field goal to tie it. They go to overtime. And then, and then they go to overtime. Jacksonville gets the ball first. Oh, no. You score a touchdown, you win. Nope. Three and out for Jacksonville. Punt it away. Now, if you're the Cowboys, all you have to do is get into field goal range. It seems like that's always the sentiment with the Cowboys. All you got to do is just hold on to the ball for a little bit longer. Well, that didn't happen. Okay, okay. All you got to do is just not let the Jags get 40 yards. Uh, well, well, they did, and they kicked the game-tying field goal. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. All you got to do is hold Jacksonville uh, to a field goal or less in overtime. Done. Not a problem. But they get the ball back after a three and out from Jacksonville. All right. All you got to do is not turn the ball over and at least get a couple first downs to set yourself up field position wise. But ideally, you get in a field goal range and you kick a field goal or you score a touchdown to win the game. Field goal or touchdown wins the game at that point. Just all you got to do is not turn it over. Oh, uh, actually, uh, no, we threw an interception, pick six, and uh, we lost to Jacksonville. guys suck i mean they suck uh it's just so bad it's so bad forget about it man cowboys whatever your, your guys season's over like you guys can you know you you can go out and win uh a few more games you guys got to play the uh you guys got to play the eagles this week it's a loss hey, you know actually jalen hurts is out and you sat home so maybe you win that's the other thing that's going to happen they're going to beat the eagles because Jalen Hurts is hurt and it's at home. They're going to beat him and everyone's, oh my God. And then they're going to probably, they're going to play at Tennessee. That's a game they're definitely going to lose. Then they play at, at Washington. They'll probably win, but they go two and one uh, and they finish the year 12 and five. And everyone's like, oh shit. And they're just going to get smoked. Smoked in the playoffs, man. Smoked. That's NFL, man. That's it. A uh, couple other things we want to talk about here. Argentina wins the World Cup. Everyone always sits around and goes, why is the USA not good at soccer? Why? Why? We have the best athletes. How are all these other countries and teams dominating us every year? I'm one of the guys. I'm always curious. I'm like, why? We got LeBron James. We got Mike Trout. How are we not shitting on these guys with our third or fourth tier athletes in soccer? You want to know why and how? You seen the videos from Argentina after they won the World Cup? That's how much soccer means to those countries. Soccer is not only the primary sport, it's the only fucking sport they got. They dump everything into soccer. That's the only thing kids play when they're growing up in Argentina. Soccer. 
on the street soccer organized sports soccer there's no football or basketball or baseball or hockey or tennis or golf it's soccer and then soccer and then after that soccer there's soccer and when they're done playing that soccer they finish the day with some soccer that's what they do in argentina and then when they have success and they win they flood the streets and celebrate like they just conquered the western hemisphere it means everything to them so actually as a u.s uh you know soccer fan and resident i don't want the u.s to win the world cup anytime soon until it starts to become a huge major part of our society and a, and a priority moving forward because it doesn't mean anything to us we, if the U.S. won the World Cup, we'd have a parade in, like, New York City, right? Or some big metropolitan city in the U.S. And it'd have the same turnout as, like, a regular Super Bowl parade. In Argentina, the country burns to the ground in the best possible way when they win the World Cup. These guys get back from the uh, World Cup. The team, the team lands at the airport at like 3 a.m. There's like 4 million people waiting for them when they got back from the World Cup. It means more to them, and they deserve it more than we do. It means everything. Congratulations to Argentina. They definitely, 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 definitely deserve it. Um... Uh, College football bowl season. Some games to look out for uh, in the future. So again, we've already had some bowls. Um, and we'll probably record before, you know, the big bowls start taking place. We definitely will. Uh, but some games that I'm looking forward to. Um, it's Wednesday the 28th. There's four bowl games. Uh, Thursday the 29th, there's three. There's five on Friday the 30th. Uh, the Orange Bowl is going to be an absolutely electric game. Tennessee and Clemson. <whistles> That'll be fun. And of course, Saturday the 31st, you got Alabama, Kansas State. You got TCU, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. You know, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. But bowl season's great. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, lastly, MLB. Let's see. There's been some more uh, minor moves. Michael Brantley is going to the Astros. The Cubs get Drew Smiley. The Dodgers get J.D. Martinez. The Cubs get Dansby. The White Sox get Ben Attendee. Yankees get Rodon. It's been a crazy thing in free agency. All right. Uh, the thing I'll say about baseball, and that's that's all we'll talk about pretty much for the most part before we uh, record Between the Stitches, by the way, which we're going to be putting out here soon, is baseball is headed in such a good direction with all this money that these owners are spending. I hope you guys that tune in and are listening to this give baseball a chance if you don't already. If you do like baseball and are watching, you know, are listening, baseball's the best. And these players are getting paid as much as they deserve. Uh, so tune in, man. Tune into baseball. It's great what's happening. Super excited for it. 
and I can't wait for the season. Um, but it's December, so baseball can't come soon enough. Otherwise, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to episode uh, 49. The next episode will be a cool uh, episode for us, episode 50, getting to that milestone. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys haven't already, check us out on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are already, thank you for doing that. Check us out on YouTube. We put out pretty much a lot of the clips from the show uh, in shorter segments if you guys want to check that out. Uh, and otherwise, we'll catch you guys on episode 50 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.